podcast is part of the Sports Social Podcast Network. Hello, hello, here we go, it's the Copyright Podcast. What is happening everyone? Welcome back to the Copyright Podcast, it is Mick once again, but I'm joined once again by Opta's Mike Reed to, yeah... I mentioned last time stats the the stats show we've had two episodes. This is technically the third episode with the same yeah. person once again. So yeah. yeah, welcome Mike. How are you doing? Yeah, cheers, Mick. Thanks for having me on. Not too bad, just a bit gutted about the breaking sort of Firmino news that's been coming out. But yeah, other than that, all right. Yeah, because I think we were all boxed off for um stats and then obviously the last hour it got yeah. <laughs> kind of bro- broke our hearts that Bobby has it's been confirmed by several sources now that he'll leave at the end yeah. of this year so eight, eight years at, at the club he's been I mean before we head into the stats he's been he's been amazing hasn't he in his in, in his time he's one of my favorite ever Liverpool players um I think even like my fiance would say like when she's watching he makes her enjoy watching the football and if you can make her enjoy watching football you're doing something right so he's just one of them players he's just a joy to watch isn't he? and and he's been absolutely brilliant for, for Liverpool for, for like I said eight, eight years is such a long time and, and it will be the end of an era when he goes yeah because he even predates Klopp don't he was signed by yeah yeah signed by Brendan Rodgers as a as like a I don't know attacking midfielder and then got kind of merged into the false nine position yeah. where he's gone on to be absolutely amazing but you've just you've sent me over like a few stats if you want if you want to i mean the, the, the first one you sent me over was most most apps by a non-british slash irish players and the, yeah, yeah. Um, he's fourth in that list and the, the three ahead of him are uh, pretty good aren't they yeah so we've got bruce grobelar who's miles away 628 games obviously being a goalkeeper as well but then there's Sammy Hippier and Pepe Reina, they're the only two above him. So Firmino is on uh, 353 appearances for Liverpool. So the, those three, Grobelar, Hippier and Reina, the only sort of non-British and Irish players in Liverpool's entire history with more games for the club than that. Uh, he's above, there's John Arnarisa, Lucas Leiva, so he's, he's above him for Brazilians. So he's top for sort of South American Brazilian players. And Martin Skirtle's in there, Jan Molby, Mo Salah, players like that, that are recognisable names. Um, so I think that sort of does establish just how much of a legend he is at the club. You look at Hippier and Rayner above him, I think they'd be considered pretty much legends at Liverpool. Certainly Grobelar with the trophies he won. So yeah, he's got to be in that in that conversation as being a, a legend at the club. Yeah, and I think it's only when you look at like because I remember seeing like a clip from like Thierry Henry and he was talking about like perfect players in that position and he and he like was referencing Bobby as though as one of the the best to ever do it. And if Thierry Henry is saying that about you, who was one yeah. of the best himself, then you must yeah. be in there. you must be pretty good yourself. But some of the other ones you sent me over like and you mentioned him like him being like a mainstay on the clock, like the one that he's the top of his most appearances under Klopp um, in his whole managerial career, including Mainz yeah. and, and Dortmund. And he's, he's top of that as well, as you, as you as you can expect. Yes, Klopp recently had his 1,000th game. So if we it, it, that was against Chelsea in January. So if we take those 1,000 games and Firmino's made the most appearances of any player in Klopp's entire uh, managerial career, Milner second, Henderson and Salah joined third. Then there's Subotic and Weidenfeller, so they were part of the Dortmund team as well that, that, that he, he made win, win the Bundesliga's 
Um, but Firmino's well top, he's sort of almost 40 above anyone else. And I think he, like you say, he's been that mainstay under Klopp. He, he, is, he epitomises the Klopp era. If you think of Jurgen Klopp to Liverpool, and most people would have Firmino in their sort of top three players of who absolutely epitomises the Klopp era. I don't know if you, you, would, you would agree with that, Mick, as well. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I think like he kind of got um, primed into that role, didn't he? And he was always yeah. available. Obviously, until recently, where he's he's obviously been picking up loads more injuries and stuff. Unfortunately, and that's kind of shelved his energy a little bit. But then mm. he turned the lack of energy, if you will, into um, scoring more goals. So he kind yeah. of tailored his game a little bit more, and he was popping up with loads. Of, just turned into. R nine overnight, and I was like, yeah, "Well, so. in in that twenty seventeen eighteen season where uh, Mo Salah scored forty four goals, Firmino got twenty seven, and I think people sort yeah. of forget that's an unbelievable amount of goals for a guy who's not known really for being a, a sort of bagsman, a really great goal scorer. He scores a lot of goals, but twenty seven in a season is some going. Obviously, helped us to the Champions League final that season. Um, so yeah, he he sort of. I mean, he, he plays the role differently to, I would say, any player I've seen in certainly that. that um, He's not really a centre-forward as such. He, he, he does play, he does drop deep and allow, obviously, Mane and Salah, that, that incredible front three, which will go down in history as one of the greatest trios Liverpool have ever had. He was he was the glue there and he, he would drop off and allow Mane and Salah to come inside and get the goals, but he was just absolutely perfect. Uh, for that role, um, so yeah, but that 2017-18 season was a, very much a standout for him in terms of goal scoring because he's had he's had times in his Liverpool career where he had sort of long goal droughts or went a while without a goal. But if you ask Salah and Mane, they still loved playing with Firmino. I'm sure they'd tell you how much he would create for them. Yeah, just dropping into the spaces, allowing them to go on the over, on the kind of overlap if you will of, of Bobby dropping into the into the spaces yeah. and stuff and yeah it was yeah. it was always I mean at the time when we were watching it I always thought this is amazing but it's only when you you start losing players like Mane's obviously left now Firmino's yeah. next so the, the only salad will remain of the, that the yeah. famous trio you mentioned but I mean another stat that you, you sent over was the um the, the all comps in, in the PL uh, era um most assists um yeah. and he, he's, he's third in that above above Mo Salah and, and Trent yeah and Robbo and Henderson at the moment um but it's only so there's only Mahmanman and um and Gerard above him yeah so I think Salah Trent and Robertson will hopefully be expecting to catch him now that he's leaving they, they might they'll get more of a chance to actually catch him up Salah's only three behind Alexander Arnold's seven behind and Robertson ten behind so if they stay another sort of couple of years they'll definitely be catching him there but yeah at the minute there's only Gerard with 144 that'll take some catching Trent might have a chance if he stays at the club for a long time but and then McManaman on 74 but obviously he had a few before the Premier League era as well and then Firmino 70 assists which is an unbelievable amount of assists he assisted he's assisted Salah more than any other player he assisted Mane more than any other player and that's what we were saying that front three he was just the the sort of perfect creative outlet for those two to go and get the goals and his pressing, his 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 quality on the ball, some of his skills, his passing was just absolutely brilliant, and that's why he has that many assists as well. Yeah, I think his all, his all round game is it's just one of those that I, I suppose people when he was um, 
at his at his peak, I suppose, of his powers, people all around the world would be looking at Bobby as though he's like the the player you need to watch. He's the player yeah. that you need to um, model your game on if you want to be, I suppose, like a modern forward, really. Because he always got he always got a load of grief from like opposition fans saying like he doesn't score enough. And I thought we, I think we can all collectively agree, apart from that amazing season that you mentioned, he didn't score enough. But it was mm-hmm. what he did for us as a in in a Klopp setup. He was the perfect. He, he was the perfect player. So that, that's what I mean. He's you'll go down as a rightly so a Liverpool legend. But um, I mean, he's still not. He's still not leaving yet. He's still got another. Yeah. Uh, he's still got quite a bit of the seat this season left. So hopefully, he's now back fit and he's coming off the bench and stuff. So hopefully, yeah. he can add a few more, um, a few more assists and goals into the, the already what he's got already. But um, I thought we'd just move on to. Um, like Wolves and Man United, because there's, yeah. I mean, there's loads off the back of uh, the win over Wolves with Salah and stuff, and the, the the one that amazed me the most was that he's he's got 20 goals this season. I mean, I'm sure everyone's seen the stats where he's he's now hit t- plus 20 for six seasons in a row, and the only player to do it since Ian Rush in Liverpool's mm-hmm. history. That that says a lot about the man, doesn't it? Yeah, uh, I'd like to point out while we're on Firmino, I'm not sure he'd done it without Firmino. That's how good yeah, Firmino's exactly. sort of been for him. He's helped him score those goals. Um, but yeah, 20 goals in every single season. He's he's played for Liverpool. Rush in the 80s, like you mentioned, was, was the only other player to score 26 seasons in a row um, for Liverpool. It was also the others to do five were Roger Hunt, obviously the great Roger Hunt, uh, World Cup winner. And Gordon Hodgson, who was before the sort of Second World War, played for Liverpool, but he's one of the, I think he's Liverpool's all-time top flight, top scorer, Gordon Hodgson. So that's the sort of calibre of goal scorer we're talking about here. And then another one on four was Billy Liddell, who was so important for Liverpool in the 50s. People sort of nicknamed Liverpool Liddlepool after him because he was so good for Liverpool back then. So we're talking icons of the club here and, and salaries sort of matching rush. Assuming Touchwood Salah sort of stays next season and nothing crazy happens, I'd be amazed if he didn't do seven. He's that good a player. Um, you know, he stays fit. Um, we're going to go into penalties in a minute, but he's done it without really Liverpool getting many penalties this season. Only one in the Champions League, one in the Community Shield, but none in the Premier League. So he's done it without the usual rate of penalties he gets. Um, so, yes, he's having a supposed sort of inverted commas bad season. Um but yeah, if, if you're scoring twenty goals by March in a bad season, you're a pretty good player, aren't you? Yeah, exactly. And you and you mentioned penalties, and you you put up like a tweet about this that Liverpool have gone um, thirty-two games without a penalty, which is um, is the longest since Opta records began. Is, is that is that right? That's it's just... so so. It's actually in terms of games, Liverpool went longer in nineteen ninety-six and nineteen ninety-seven. They actually went more than forty games without. A, Premier League penalty, but on when Opta have a record for touches in the box, um, Liverpool's current, I think it's like 1,138 um, touches in the box in those 32 games. That's the most t- a team has been in the box over a run of Premier League games without getting a single penalty. And I'm not saying every touch in the box should correlate to this amount of penalties, of course not, but um, I think Klopp was asked about it um, today because because sort of the tweet got a bit of traction tweeted it on up to Joe as well a few rounds ago about Liverpool's longest run of games about a penalty since that 1997 run. Um, and Klopp has asked about it and he said, well, I'm glad somebody else has come up with that stat so we didn't have to bring it up um, kind of thing because 
it is weird. It's, it's, I'm not I'm not saying there's been many sort of clear cut penalty shouts in that time. The ones that stand out would be Gabriel's handball against Arsenal. Oh, and I think what irks yeah. more in that game was Arsenal got a pretty dubious penalty themselves. Yeah. Um, and then against Southampton, there was Bella Kopchak brought down Salah when he was running through on goal for a shot and there was nothing given for it. Um, unlike the Arsenal game, that didn't have a bearing on the result, but it still it should have been a penalty. Um, so it's just one of them really weird things where somehow Liverpool have been sort of getting in the box plenty, but never really, never getting a penalty at the end of it. It's just a quirky, weird thing. And it's got to end at some point. Who knows when? You'd like it to be Man United at the weekend, maybe, but who knows? Yeah, it, it's it's mental because, it, I mean, I suppose the longer it goes on, when you're watching games of footy, you're not really like... You're not thinking at the end of every game. Oh, we haven't, we haven't, we still haven't had a penalty. You're just thinking, yeah. oh, we've either won the game, lost it, or drew it. You get and then you move on. The fact that you can look back on like stats like this and bring it up, it does make you think a little bit because there's, like yeah. you said, the times where Salah's been through, and because when he came in, he was he he did go down a bit lightly, and he was tarnished yeah. as a diver. And ever since then, even like there's times when it, it, even it's just like middle of the field, and it should be a free kick. He very rarely gets. Any fouls, does he? It's it's frustrating, like, isn't it? Do you remember the one against Man City this season, Bernardo Silva, where Klopp got sent off for... But, but that just epitomises yeah. what the treatment sort of Salah gets a lot of the time, where defenders will wrestle him and grapple him and tug his shirt and wrap their arms around him. And he doesn't go down. And and he, he, won't, get, he won't get the free kick for it. Uh, obviously, that, it's not a bit different in the penalty area. You'd expect a bit more for it to be given a penalty, maybe, but... Yeah, the amount of times, I mean, Klopp was so cross because it just happened so regularly to Salah. He got himself sent off for, for sort of going a bit far with his uh, <laughs> demonstrations over it. But um, yeah, it's just one of those weird things where Salah, I think Arsenal fans think the same about Saka as well on their sort of right wing where they're not getting fouls when defenders are giving them far too close contract and tugging the shirt and pulling them and elbowing them. And yeah, Salah just doesn't seem to get any, does he? Yeah, it's it's very frustrating in game, especially that yeah the Bernardo Silva one. When you look back at like the stills of that moment where he's like, he's basically like vertical in the air, and he's still he still didn't get a free kick, and you just yeah. like what needs to happen? And this time Salah just he just gets his shirt pulled all over the place, and it, if he goes down, it, it just it looks like because he's going down like maybe a bit later because he's trying to be strong or whatever. Yeah, yeah, but it's like it's, he can't so- win. It's almost as if his strength goes against him because he is a he's yeah. a strong guy. And yeah. I mean there was that in the Wolves game, there was that bit where he barged into the goalkeeper yeah. and the defender and knocked them both over. <laughs> and like he's not even he's not a big guy, but he is incredibly strong, Salah. I feel like that sort of works against him because if he was a bit more lightweight, he'd just go to the ground. He'd just get pulled to the ground, but he stay he stays up sometimes and maybe you maybe it sounds ridiculous, maybe you want him to dive a bit more and just say to the referee make the referee make a decision because other players would do that i'm not going to name names because i'm probably abusing the comments if i name names but other players would do that and i'm not sure if salad does do that even though he has a reputation like you said at the start for being a bit of a diver he, he just isn't because he could go down a lot more than he does yeah i think it's that the hangover from when he first arrived and people just tarnished him as a as a diver and now he's had to like I don't know. He's trying to trying not to go down, but there's, there's like you said, there's so many moments where we could get something out of it, like a free kick around the box or totally, like relieve yeah. a bit of pressure, penalty, whatever it could be. Yeah. Um, but yeah, just like 
speaking of Saladin that you mentioned, like his his, his goal scoring and stuff, um, and we and we mentioned how, how good it is. Like the one that yeah. I really enjoyed that you sent over was the best minutes to to goals ratio, which is um, which he's still top of in in mm-hmm. Liverpool's history, considering this season so far where. Um, there's been quite a few games where he, he might not have scored, and people are saying like he's on the he's on the downward spiral. I know like they're yeah. over exaggerating stuff. People say when yeah. when people aren't haven't scored for two games, but to still be top of that is a uh, is pretty amazing, isn't it? Yeah, I mean, when what referring back to what you said there, the sort of a lot of people go, oh, he signed a new big new contract now. He he doesn't have the motivation to actually try anymore, and you'll get a lot of people saying, oh, look at Aubameyang at Arsenal. He signed his new contract and what wasn't as good after it, and I just think that is. With Salah, that is a load of rubbish. He just is not that kind of player where he's going to drop off just because he's got a big new deal and he, and he knows he's settled. Like I said, minutes per goal, 135 minutes per goal. He's averaged in his 290 games to Liverpool, 176 goals, which is the best rate of any um, sort of regular Liverpool player to play 10,000 minutes plus. So it's above Torres. Only just we're talking 0.4 or something in it between him and Torres. Suarez, 138. Gordon Hodgson, who we mentioned earlier in the scoring 20 goals in consecutive seasons, he's 141. Michael Owen, 148. Fowler, 154. If you go a bit further down the list, Ian Rush, the club's all-time top scorer, he was 165 minutes a goal. So Salah's 30 minutes a goal better than Ian Rush, which is absolutely mental, um, really, to to, to have kept that up over 290 games. Um, So, yeah, that consistency... And that's why he scored 20 goals every season. Um, so even though this season hasn't been as good, he's still top of that list. So he's still arguably Liverpool's best ever goal scorer. Yeah. I mean when you when you put it when you break it down to what Rush was doing and he's doing he scored a goal 30 minutes uh, in better in better sequence than, than Ian Rush, that's yeah. that's that says a lot, doesn't it? But like specifically with, with Man United then, because you sent me over another, which was um Liverpool's all-time top goal scorer list against Man United, mm-hmm. and uh, a certain Mo Salah tops that one as well. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So if we if we're looking ahead to how important Salah is for this weekend's game, he is Liverpool's all-time top scorer against Man United. Ten goals, nine of those have been in the last five games. Nine, nine goals in his last five games against wow. Man United is pretty ridiculous. Obviously, he got the hat trick at Old Trafford last season. Um, so yeah, an incredible ratio. Uh, Gerard second behind him there on nine, and then it's a couple of really sort of old school pre-war players who scored seven against Man United: Dick Forshaw, Gordon Hodgson, Harry Chambers. They scored seven, so he's, he's ahead there. There's no Man United player to score ten against Liverpool either, so he is the top scorer in the fixture overall as a whole. There, um, so yeah. I think if Liverpool are going to win on Sunday, he's going to have to have a good game. Yeah, um, I mean, he's 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 been showing signs. I mentioned he's had, he's had a few maybe, for most Salah standard poorer games, but yeah. um, Wolves he, he gets his goal off off his off his knee or off, <laughs> off top of his leg, but it's one of them. Like he, you could see the relief or like the emotion on his face when he went to celebrate that one because it's like yeah. he, he he needs to be in the in the goals and more often than not he is and i think we've covered quite a lot of positive stuff there but i mean i don't know um if this is i suppose it's less positive because it's not negative but <clears throat> in terms of our record against um man united mm-hmm. on the on, on clop it, it, it's the worst the worst ratio um for against them out of any of the 
uh, top six. Is that right? Yeah, but any any team in the Premier League. So, and Liverpool have played at least ten times under Klopp. Liverpool's points per game ratio against Man United is their lowest. So it's at one point five points per game. Five wins in fourteen games. It's a pretty pretty low ratio. Too many draws. There've been six draws in the fourteen. So that's brought it down. So it's even lower than Man City. That's one point five three points per game. Chelsea one point six seven. Brighton, who I think a lot of Liverpool fans are sick of this season, they're at two and Tottenham at two. So, uh, yeah, Man United at 1.5. There's still five wins and three defeats against Man United. So it's still beaten them more times than we've, we've lost to them. Um, but it's still one of those teams that we haven't always had it easy against. I know there was last season, there was the 5-0 and the 4-0. But other than that, it's never an easy game. And I think the one thing with Man United so often it's sort of a defining fixture. And do you remember last time Liverpool were in a sort of hunt for the top four was a couple of seasons ago, twenty twenty one. There was that game at Old Trafford um, where Liverpool won four two, and I feel like that was a massive, massive win in trying to get top four. The season before that, when Liverpool won the league, the win over Man United in 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 uh, the January of that season, I think it was, where Salah scored on the counter from an Allison assist. That was a defining game for Liverpool. I think that was the game where the, the Liverpool fans at Anfield first started chanting, "We're going to win the league." Yeah. Um, I think I think that's the so those games against Man United are just so so important. Um, I know there's Everton for for Liverpool and, and and Man Man United have got Man City as the local derby, but. It is it is a derby and it is the biggest game. I think I think both sets of fans would agree it's the big one for both teams. So it's a pretty big one. Yeah, it it is indeed. And like you said, when you when you when you look back at other games that have been significant and the fact that we've well been playing in the league, we've 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 picked up ten out of twelve. So going into this one, yeah. especially after beating Wolves, makes this a little bit spicier because we know that we've we've got the three points behind us in the last game. We're back we're back at home. The atmosphere will be amped up in the same way it was against Everton and that really helped the players. Uh so looking forward to to this one. And and, and just the, the last one I wanted to come to was the um the most goal involvements for um Premier League clubs in all competitions this season. Because yeah. we were mentioning like Salah's like having a, a bad season in uh, inverted commas and then you you pitch him against R- Rashford and he, and he and he's not too far behind is he? No, no. So in, in for in all competitions for Premier League clubs this season, Howland has the most goal involvements. He's on thirty seven in thirty three games. But then Rashford is on thirty two in thirty nine games. Salah is on twenty nine in thirty six games. So he has three fewer goal involvements in three fewer games. Um, and again, we've got to bear in mind, Salah hasn't had the penalties there to, to, to boost up. So, um, yeah, the ratio really isn't, he's not that dissimilar to Rashford, but obviously Rashford's in the absolute, what people are calling the form of his career. And it is, it is he's playing brilliantly at the minute. Whereas Salah's having arguably, what some are saying is his worst Liverpool form. And he's still not that far off him. I think obviously the thing with Rashford is it's been since the World Cup. He has more than a goal involvement in the game since the World Cup for for, uh, for Rashford. So I would say that's the difference there is that Rashford is a really current hot streak of form where Salah sort of plugged away at it as the season's gone. He's been sort of a steady rate. You look at, remember about the hat-trick against Rangers and things like that have added to it. So, um, yeah, but it's the two basically two of the top three for involvements that are involved in this game on Sunday. Um it might well come down to which of those two players plays best. Obviously, Liverpool are going to have to deal with Rashford, which is a frightening thought, but yeah. 
Yeah, indeed. And 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 I noticed like on the on the list, obviously there's Harry Kane, De Bruyne, and Saka and stuff. One Darwin Nunes is in there just below uh, yeah. Riyad Mahrez on uh, twelve goals, four assists in thirty appearances. But I think when you break down, I had a I had a look like at the um, minutes played. I think it works out as just over like nineteen full nineteen min full ninety minutes, which is. Yeah, yeah. When you break it down like that, because of the like coming off the bench for the last half an hour, twenty minutes, and whatever else, he's been he's been absolutely amazing as well, hasn't he? Yeah. Well, if you look at that, the, the list I sent, so Nunes is on sixteen goal involvements. That's level with Bruno Fernandez, and Fernandez has played nine more games. And I don't think anyone would say Bruno Fernandez is having a bad season. Yeah. In fact, people would say he's having a good season. Um, and Man United are actually flying, doing really well. And like Nunes is only sort of is ahead of Saka for goals. And and again, people would say Saka is doing absolutely brilliantly. Saka's had a couple of penalties in there as well. Nunes hasn't. So, yeah, he's level with Mara's for goals. Um, so, it is people... If, if, if I'd have told you without showing you the table, Nunes is in the top 10 Premier League players this season for goal involvements. I'm not sure many would believe you. They'd yeah. be like, no, that can't. But, but he, he's, he's there. Um, so, yeah, he's doing a lot better than I think people are giving him credit for, which is... It's good from a Liverpool perspective, anyway. Yeah, and obviously he didn't get the goal against Wolves. I mean, what a joke! Yeah, dodgy, <laughs> dodgy as hell. Jota gets pushed in the back by Semedo yeah. and falls over, pushes Kilman over, and then the referee goes, "Yeah, it's not, a, it's not a goal." But um, he could have added to his list, like you said, no penalties as well. So, it, like, you've got to. I mean, people don't when you're looking at the goal scoring chart, you're not breaking it down. Well, people, the general person looking at it isn't going oh yeah well 10 of them were pens though so they don't yeah, count yeah, totally. still got to score them at the end of the day but oh, yeah, totally. it makes it a lot easier doesn't it for to, yeah. um, to bump to bump up your, your stats as well but um yeah i mean what what a season he's having so far and like we said if Salah and nunez i imagine both i'd be shocked if both don't start against you know mm-hmm. if they if they both turn up uh in in the right form fired up that they can easily add to them to their numbers can't they on, on the day I, I certainly hope so. Um, obviously, Man United are in great form at the minute. Um, if you look on Joe just tweeted about how their goal-scoring form is brilliant. They've scored at least two goals in 12 games in a row. Um, Liverpool would do well to stop them doing that, frankly, the way they're playing. Um, but at the other end, Liverpool have got to think about, right, what have we got going forward? And Salah and Nunez are, are doing really well at the minute. Um, so... Obviously, with Jota returning, Firmino returning, there's, there's more options up there. Gappo's got got his first couple of goals recently, so yeah, that's what Liverpool have, have got to sort of focus on. How can how can they hurt Man United? Um, and get the Anfield crowd going. That I mean, they don't need any any reason to get going for for the big game against Man United. But yeah, that's good. That's going to be key, really. Yeah, and, and another one I was looking at, like just just it was just looking at the table really, like in detail and. You can see, like they've, we've conceded the exact same amount of goals, but they've mm. only scored one more goal, mm. which is like, <laughs> it's, been it's worth mad. ten points, yeah, yeah, it's mad enough. Like, if... as are obviously skewed by the Bournemouth one, where there was the yeah. nine nil win, which was yeah. obviously, I think you've almost got to take that away when you're sort of averaging things because it's <laughs> yeah. just that daft a game. Um, you, you know, if it had ended three nil, it'd have been a normal win, but it, it was, yeah. it just. Everything was just going in that day. But yeah, it, it's... I mean, the, the four consecutive clean sheets Liverpool have had have certainly helped the defensive numbers. And Wolves, in particular, basically didn't create anything. That Wolves' last shot in the game was the 13th minute. 
So from the 30th minute on to the 90th, Wolves didn't have a shot, which is pretty good going defensively for Liverpool. Me and you both rave about Ibu Kanate. He was back for that game. I think that's massive as well in terms of dealing with Rashford, having him back there. Obviously, Gomez has picked up an injury, but but Kanate, you, you, you hope, can... Will will do his best certainly to deal with Rashford, and he's certainly got it in him. He was brilliant in the Champions League final against Vinicius last year. So if he plays that sort of similarly, then he can hopefully deal with Rashford. But it's going to be a team team collective thing, you know. Fabinho and Henderson or whoever's in that field is going to have to help out as well. So yeah, it's it's, it's such a big game. But Canate being back has helped with those clean sheets, and Van Dijk obviously returned from injury now. So touch wood, the clean sheets. Is a, is a positive sign for this game. Yeah, definitely. And I noticed, like in the Wolves game, like Fabinho was kind of splitting Canate and Van Dijk, and Canate was basically it was it looked like a back three if you if you mm. you took a picture of it and Fabinho in the middle, Van Dijk on the left, and and Canate on the right. I think that would work as well, especially Rashford's going to come up, obviously on that left hand side. He's going to try and terror, terrorize Trent. Um, and I think Trent was loads better last game as well, but yeah. with Canate there, it gives him a bit of a bit of a comfort, doesn't it? Because he's he's that quick and strong. Like you said, he he can deal with players like like Vinicius Junior and and make it look quite normal when it's, yeah. when it's almost it's it's very much not because we know how good he is. Mm-hmm. If, if he can do it against the like you said an informed Rashford, and we can kind of curtail his his um, involvement and stuff Canate yeah. um, if Canate can do that then we, we've got a, we've got a great chance of, of, of beating these haven't we I mean even I mean I don't want to think about the draw but like just on, on, on paper when you look at like how good they've been doing and how good we've been doing I suppose it'd feel like it wouldn't feel like the Palace in that the Palace game felt like a, a loss yeah. but it, you feel like you're losing that, a bit of that momentum that, that you, you've got going It's tricky because I, I always think I think if there's one thing certainly Liverpool must have learned trying to keep up with Man City over the last sort of five years or so is that draws are not good results. Um, you know, they're just a killer, especially when you can compete when you when you when you need points to get somewhere, whether it's for the um league title or whether even now for top four. Ultimately, I think Liverpool probably need about 10 wins from these last 14 games. Um, so draws are sort of nothing results in the dirt contribute towards you getting those wins um if you ended up sneaking in by draws you, you're sort of relying on the other teams to not do so well so yeah but it's obviously tricky because man united are absolutely flying so maybe because they're doing so well like you say would a draw be that bad a result but certainly i think they've got to go for the win um and it'd, be, it'd be such a springboard to say you know, they've then would have then won four of the last five, including one against a team above us, above us in the league. So, yeah, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on the game. Really, Just really don't lose it as well. Yeah, and especially because Spurs, Spurs and Newcastle both played before us on Saturday. Yeah. So we'll we get to have a look at the table and go right. If we win tomorrow, we go here, or we go to mm-hmm. this amount of points with this far behind Spurs, with this far behind Newcastle. So it gives us like a clear view of what we can. What we can achieve, and hopefully we can go there, and Salad and Nunes and the rest of them can add to some of their uh, numbers that we've just been talking about. Hopefully, Bobby as well, if he fancies coming yeah. on and getting get a little goal, that'll yeah. be boss. Uh, but yeah, nice one. We'll we'll leave it there. Nice one, Mike, for jumping on once again. Loads of yeah, loads of good stats there. I know the last show done really well, so we'll try and 
I mean, we're not going to just keep doing them after a win because it feels like that way. Because we um, we we beat Everton, we done it, and we were like, "Hey, Liverpool won," and now we've done we've done it again. After Wolves, yeah, yeah. So, um, I mean, more than happy to do these, and I'm sure Michael is happy to jump back on as well if we if we can continue doing these because the, I mean, you know, I love a stat, and I'm sure people listening to this show the show have enjoyed it as well and enjoy a stat as well. So, uh, yeah, nice one, really appreciate it. So, yeah, nice one, Mike, and uh, nice one, everyone, for listening, and uh, yeah, we'll see you all very soon. Podcast Network.